How you coping, kid? So weird. Just when I think I have a handle on things, something wholly unbelievable presents itself. Sometimes I wish I just stayed home. You sound like the man. What's he like? He likes to listen to people talk. Christ loved to sit around the fire and listen to me and the other guys. You know, whenever we are going on about unimportant shit, he always had a smile on his face. His only real beef with mankind is the shit that gets carried out in his name. Wars, bigotry, televangelism. The big one, though, is the factioning of all the religions. He said mankind got it all wrong by taking a good idea and building a belief structure on it. You're saying having beliefs is a bad thing? I just think it's better to have ideas. I mean, you can change an idea. Changing a belief is trickier. People die for it. People kill for it. The whole of existence is in jeopardy right now because of the Catholic belief structure regarding this plenary indulgence bullshit. Barlow and Loki, whether they know it or not, are exploiting that belief. And if they're successful, you, me, all of this ends in a heartbeat all over a belief. Party, pal. Michael Govia, Travis Roy, Eric Branch from Cinema 9. Movies, films, talking, uh, podcast. That's what we do here. All those things. Cinema 9 pod, protonmail.com, and... Yeah, that's about it. Anything else? Is that it? No, I think that's a great intro. That's good. Hey, 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 everybody. Good morning, America. Uh, we don't have a background of people that watch through a glass window like they do on uh, those morning shows in the network, but... We do our best to provide you with content related to movies. Travis Roy, you're in Hazel Park and you watch movies. Is that true? That is a, that is an accurate statement. I do other things with my life, but I can't pretend like I do very many other things. Why with not? My, with my life. Um, Come on, it's freedom time, man. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss blaming COVID for spending my life on my couch, though. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a, it was a good run. Had to close out sometime, kid. What about you, Eric? Out there in Griffith, Indiana. Society treating you well? Yeah, man. It's a beautiful rainy day here in Griffith. Uh, yeah, I am changing diapers, watching movies, eating trash. Could be eating trash? The life. <laughs> what kind yeah, of trash went, you got? I went from keto to cupcakes. I, I, I ate like three of them yesterday. I'm completely fucked. It's off the rails. Yeah, uh, it's not your fault, though. There's any consolation. No, we live you. in a society of addictive foods, and it's not easy. Yeah. We're doing the best we can to fight that challenge. And as we get older and society morphs, 
into a better tomorrow with medical techniques that will improve our state of being. I think we can eat whatever we want and get away with it. We're all going to live forever, America. We're going to live forever! Fame! Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you what, uh, society has been treating me okay. You know, it's been a challenge to get by, but with the COVID vaccines and people being able to go outside more often and uh, not have to wear a mask and smile at one another, it's nice. You know, you look at your neighbor, you're like, hi, you smile at him without a mask and they know you're smiling. Otherwise, you're just a pair of eyes most of the time. So I've been checked in with you lately pers- on a more personal matter, Mike, but is the, is the border going to be open? Are you going to be able to see your lady friend or is it just yeah. still who, like, uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's all mysteries. A lot of complications going on there. So yeah. a lot of challenges, uh, not just the border, uh, some vaccine related issues. Some yeah. people have objections. Uh, some people are paranoid. So gotcha. Unfortunately, uh, who knows? Who knows how to play out? I mean, it's complicated to know if you're with someone and you're vaccinated, but they're not. And like you make out with them, like, are you going to give them COVID somehow? What if you if you happen to get it and you didn't know you had it because you were vaccinated? I mean, I don't know how that works. So it's it's very complicated. Sounds like a death sentence for somebody as far as I can tell. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't joke. Uh, no, I no don't know. jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How's my uh, How's my connection, guys? You guys both seem to be breaking up really bad, but I'm wondering if it's on my end. Am I Am I like coming through okay? Yeah, yeah. perfect. Okay, then I, all right, good. Then in, then I, I've been having some internet issues lately. I should have plugged in directly before the show. I didn't think of it. Sorry, guys. But <gasps> let me know if I, let me know if there's any struggles. We should, I, I should be okay though. What did you, What did you have? A few drinks this morning? <laughs> huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? What are you, Mother Teresa? I never touched this stuff. <laughs> oh, is that a Mike Starr reference? <laughs> uh, is that the clown Mike Starr? I forgot about that. I always forget that. You guys actually confirmed that. That's crazy. Mike Starr references. Um, we haven't talked about Paul Schrader in a while, though. Which or, is or Philip Seymour Hoffman, for that matter. We yeah, only talk about three people weeks. on the show. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, we're going to talk about Dogma in today's show. Dogma is a movie directed by Kevin Smith from 1999. That is difficult to find. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Not easy to find this film. Because it has licensing issues related to people who are not cool anymore. And uh, it's complicated. Ah, okay. Is that what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The old, the old uh, that guy. So uh, we'll get to that. We'll talk about uh, Chris Rock and, God, oh, look who's here. Aaron's here. I'm watching. Everyone sounds and looks fine. There you go, Travis. Thank you, Aaron. So, Thank you. Pr- appreciate that. Thank you, Wonder Man. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk uh, Dogma. Of course. Does it hold up? Does it not? Is Eric going to go off the rails? We have no idea what to expect from Eric. There's Eric has uh, had a... Uh, I think we have an idea of what to expect from Eric. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he hasn't been shy about his opinions and his flat-out disdain. So, uh, you know, religion's a complicated thing. But uh, this is a movie podcast. It's not a religious podcast. So we'll see how it plays out. In the meantime, well, we can welcome your emails. Oh, you have a comment you would like to add well, to Well, I'm going to suggest that we pivot you know maybe spin this into like the religion nine podcast and we'll just discuss religion constantly people like that obviously Ooh. this movie was a hit what if we what <laughs> if we just focused on plenary indulgence a podcast dedicated to plenary <laughs> indulgence. oh boy uh, okay or just catholic dogmatic law in general that could be an entertaining podcast could i not? know very little about it i should spout off about it <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we could really use Aaron here. Aaron is a Bible expert. He loves talking about the Bible because he learned a lot about it growing up. Aaron, 
Tell us about the Bible if you can in the comments. Uh, no emails today, though. You guys followed through. Thank you very much. We've gone cold on the emails as we commanded. So we appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. Having said that, why don't we get into quarantine viewing picks? And Travis Roy, it's time for you to share your choices for recommendations, uh, movies you watched, and all that jazz. Okay, well, you know, I watched a few movies. I watched the new Pixar offering, Luca, um, direct to Disney Plus Pixar offering, which is kind of strange, but it was wow. it was good. It was enjoyable. It was fun. Uh, I checked out Leviathan at uh, Eric's suggestion. I had I had really mixed feelings about this movie. I had really mixed feelings about this movie. I, I felt like, um, on one hand, I felt like it was like really derivative of like Alien and some other stuff. Um, but also I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was totally engaged and like hooked in and really dug it. And then there's like two things that happen at the end of the movie where, where it's like, oh, <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, <laughs> so kind of left me with a bad you, taste about at the end. You didn't like when Peter Weller cold cocked Meg Foster in the oh, face? Spoiler alert for a, <laughs> a movie from 1989, folks. <laughs> I didn't care for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of movies where people get, where women get punched in the face by men on this show. Uh like every movie we watch, it seems like there's some woman that gets punched in the face. I mean, even Dogma, Salma Hayek gets punched in the face by Ben Affleck in this movie. So, or is it Jason Lee? Someone punches her in the face. High point. Wow. I watched uh, The Passing from 1983. This was an interesting turn. I would not recommend this necessarily. This is like, this was like, I heard about this because this is a movie the guy, uh, this guy made this movie over the course of seven years. Um, he, he directed and starred. Uh, but his co-star died during filming and he had to like finish up with him. It was very much a labor of love, lots of shock value in this movie, but it was like one of those things where like, just cause it's a cult movie doesn't mean it's actually worth watching necessarily. Wow. So I, I spent an hour of my half of my life watching 1983's the passing, but a cult movie I watched that I loved that I had never seen before was return of the living dead. What a fucking waste my life has been with this movie. Not in it. I, I it was so fucking fun. I couldn't believe how uh, imaginative and fantastic return of the living dead is, which I'm sure that most people, uh, if you have any interest in this, you would have already watched it. Uh, but man, it was fucking great. I, I loved it so much. Wow. Um, have you guys seen this movie? It's great. No. It's fucking great. It's really funny, really original. Um, I watched The Hitcher, also at your suggestion, Eric. Uh, I really enjoyed Rutger Hauer in the movie. I really questioned his character's motives often. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some real twists and turns. Definitely see why this is a cult classic. Speaking of cult classics, this was, that, was a, that was a fun ride. I, uh, I liked I liked the hitcher. That was pretty gay. great. I did watch Stargate again. I, I don't know what you're talking about, what? bud. What? Um, just dismissible, just utterly oh, dismissible. Wow. I just, no, I, stand by I, I sat through that thing again, just kind of waiting to see what it was that you got out of it. But I, I just, <laughs> it didn't come to me. I, yes. I, I, do, I respect it for swinging for the fences <laughs> by being like a classic, like nineties, like big blockbuster hit yeah. back when they would make blockbuster hits based on something like, I don't know, Egyptian mythology, as opposed to like, you know, Marvel movies, which I love all the Marvel movies, but still it's, it was an interesting take. Uh, I watched Larry Fessenden's Habit from 1997 because I love Larry Fessenden. Um, he's got a tooth missing through most of this movie, or all of this movie. That was very distracting. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, I'm going to make my big recommendation for the week. Oh, I watched The Guest also. That was pretty good from 2014. Adam Wingard's The Guest was fun. But my big suggestion for the week, uh, 
what's his name? David Robert Mitchell's follow-up to It Follows under the Silver Lake. Did you watch this, Eric? I know you're a big fan of It Follows. Turned it off. I, I oh. could not handle it. Turned was, it off. I was entranced. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought it was all the things that Inherent Vice wanted to be. I mm-hmm. thought I thought it was classic noir with a fun uh, original new twist. And I loved it. I thought I thought Under the Silver Lake was fantastic. And I thought that Andrew Garfield was a perfect pairing with that director. Um, and uh, th- there is some stuff in there. there. There's some cringy fucking moments, like way more masturbation than necessary for any film. Um, mm. But uh, I, I really liked Under the Silver Lake. And that would be my main recommendation for the week. Masturbation. Okay. Yeah, there's some masturbation <laughs> in there. A little bit of masturbation. When you said the guest, I thought you were talking about the bouncing souls. I was like, that's a great song. The bouncing souls. <laughs> no, not the how about night of the creeps it makes a great double feature with return of the living dead yeah aaron uh i've been meaning to watch night of the creeps it's not currently streaming anywhere and i refuse to pay money for rentals when i have so many fucking services so whenever that shows up somewhere i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it it's on my list Aaron also says uh, under the silver lake is amazing a lot of easter eggs yeah there's a lot going on that movie that's partly why i was so engaged i mean like there's just constantly stuff to pick at and look at and I, again, I'm, I'm really surprised you didn't like it, Eric. Especially since you liked um, uh, it follows so much. I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt like it was, I felt like it was a really good follow up to that. But teach. Maybe I have to be in the right mood because it's so it's a very original film. I, I'll, I'll give it another chance based on both of your recent mentions. Um, right. yeah. yeah, cool, Trez. Uh, thank movies. you for watching those other suggestions. I'm glad you liked uh, the Hitcher and Leviathan. The yeah, cre- that creature was cool, and it was fucking different. For I mean, it wasn't I mean, just well, a random monster. It did not did that different. Pretty heavily borrowed uh, from from the oh, thing, yeah, I yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but still cool. Still cool. Oh, Daniel cool. Stern, extremely problematic character. <laughs> but he fun. got his come up. You know what? I had a weird week. I watched a fuckload of movies, you know. I mentioned uh, you, you guys earlier, I watched Cry Baby. So I, I'd never seen any John Waters movies. Uh, I decided oh. to turn this on, like expecting it to just be really dumb. You know, and I would then, yeah, uh, I, I ended up liking it. Uh, I, I just don't know how to explain this film. It's like, I don't know what was going on the set. Like all I can imagine is like John Waters was like before every scene, he was like, okay, everybody to make the stupidest face possible until I say <laughs> cut. That's pretty much what everyone does. We got like Iggy Pop and Willem Dafoe and fucking Patty Hearst pops up and she's not bad in it. Uh, it. It clips along at this pace that you don't really have time to stop and think about how grotesque and ridiculous it all is. I just I just dug it. It was different. Um, then I watched Taps. You know, I, I was talking about Taps. I, I'd never Gregory seen this. Hines. I, no, oh, wait, yeah. no, 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 the uh, Sean Penn, Timothy, yeah, yeah, Timothy yeah, Hutton, Hutton. yeah, Timothy yeah. Hutton, that taps. Uh, I, <laughs> I thought this movie was fucking dumb, man. Like, <laughs> the, like the premise is fucking ridiculous. I didn't care about like this siege that was going on. I just wanted to ground all these little dipshits. On, like, man. I was just they like, go to bed. Hardcore issue. Timothy Hutton is really struggling, and Tom Cruise is out of his mind. And I was the Toy Soldiers guy. <laughs> Toy Soldiers was the one for me. I, I didn't go with Taps. I, I just guy. didn't understand like what they thought was going to happen. Like, we, like literally, like in the middle of the movie, like two like major like decorated generals are like, "What? What do you think is going to happen here? Like, you guys are fucked. Just end it. It never <laughs> ends. They're just like, no, tomorrow, like next year, we're going to have a full tuition based curriculum based semester without any. They problems. love their school. The they won't want this thing to close, man. This yeah, is there's, uh, there's other ways, last. Man. You know, military. I would have grounded all of them. Fuck all them guys. Uh, mm. On the rocks. You know what? You guys were talking about how Sofia Coppola's was oh, a God. huge disappointment. And I said I liked it. on the rocks. I said I liked on the rocks. I dug that, it. Yeah. yeah, I dug the film too, Travis. Like it was. 
it was different. I was t- telling Angela, like, there's not there's not many times I can uh, remember a story that was just no. Don't give me that sound bite. You know, <laughs> now we gotta start. I'm gonna start getting my own thing to make farty noises when you, that, sound, dude, when you talk. Give me a honk. Give me like a clown honk. Because I dug the movie, man. It's just uh, you don't see a lot of stories about just a a woman who's being cheated on, trying to figure out what's possibly being cheated on, trying to figure out what's going on. It's always the fucking dude, like trying to get away with it. And like, you got to like care about him for some fucked up reason. It was just a different story for me. And I thought Bill Murray was sweet and tender. I like Rashida Jones and I'd like all of Sophia Coppola's movies. I cannot help it. Every time she makes a movie, it's just, I'm invested. They're just so different. I, I can't t- even the bling ring. I liked so and a buddy I movie, on the rocks, man. A, a buddy movie between a father and a daughter. Thank is you. Unique. You know, that's a great movie. point, Travis. Much better than mine. You're right. A buddy movie that's not too dramatic. It's just a nice slice of life. I saw Luca. Really? What about, uh, you said buddy movies? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give you the buddy Christ. You had that, had that drop weight. Christ. I did. That was, really, that was a perfect time for me. Oh, well, look who's here. He hasn't been here forever, by the way. Our old pal, Derek Farron. We missed you, Derek. Hey, hey, Derek. Guests on the show, Derek Farron. Three cushions, fan, no lies, no dirty, sometimes farts. That's D.L. Fern. He's looking forward to the main segment, Eric, so don't let him down. Eric, you watched Luca? What'd you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought I I didn't care for it that much. I thought the the concept was a little bit tired. Uh, I thought it was just a little generic and boring for me. Like, uh, I couldn't get into it. Like, oh, like, don't go to the mainland. The humans are dangerous. I've seen that a million times. (laughs) I couldn't get into it, dude. But the animation was pretty for the most part. Um, But... I'm excited for Turning Red. They're going to go back to theaters on the next Pixar, so I'm still on board. I just thought this was kind of a, kind of tired for me. I, I, thought it was, I mean, well, it's, it's generic because I mean, like Selkies are like a really old idea, right? Like the whole uh, like people coming from the sea and all. I mean, it's an old it's an old idea, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I could kind of see why it went straight to Disney Plus. I like, I like look at this. the music. Oh, and our friend, friend of the show, Aaron, is saying that Luca was boring. Luca I boring. It was boring, but I, I do. Yeah, it, it, it was. I, I would put it in middling Pixar. The, sta- like, the stakes. Like, what <laughs> were the kid. stakes? I wanted to win that race. I can't do it. His child uh, made him watch it. Eric, can you relate to this? Aaron's child forced him to watch I, it. No, my my baby can't talk. She just like pukes and like shits her diaper. That doesn't um, mean she doesn't dictate schedules, though. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know what? I took a look at The Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It. I'm a fan of this franchise. The Conjuring films only. Uh, I don't go for the spinoffs. Mostly because I love the chemistry between Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. I think they're fun stories that take a very tantalizing, inspired by true story, and they just totally fill it with fucking nonsense that totally never happened. Uh, And this one, they did that way too much. So there was just no story there, and there was just nothing there. Uh, it was boring, so I'm worried that there won't be a fourth to, to redeem this uh, series. But yeah, yeah fuck, part three fuck the Warrens. That's all Patrick I Patrick Wilson is so boring. He's such a boring. Actor. Oh, we talked like about him. this. Like he's charismatic and fun to watch, but like he's he's wooden as hell. I think yeah. Travis brought that up. I, I'll watch anything he's in, but yeah, he's, just, he's just there. Same. I liked him in The Watchmen, but I still find him to be kind yeah, of like, like a bland guy. I, I don't know. He's, he's very bland. He's, yeah, good he's bland. He does a job. Yeah, he, he's a good, good actor. He does a job. Sometimes good you want bland. that bland white man yeah. appeal, right? Yeah, it's like bowling alley pizza, the actor. It's like bland, man. but like, hey, it's pizza. Aaron has seen everything you guys have seen. It's very impressive. Again, Conjuring is boring. This time, another child made him watch that one. <laughs> 
Damn, your kids are powerful, Aaron. Well, well you're just a cool dad. What can I Another say? Reason did, for me Aaron, did your kids make you watch uh, Fatal, <laughs> the Hillary Swank thriller from uh, hack director Dion Taylor? Because it was fucking horrible. She plays like this uh, sultry seducer of, of men, and like there's, it's supposed to be some thriller. It's fucking terrible, man. Awful. I expect a lot more from Hillary Swank, two-time Oscar-winning actress of incredible caliber, reduced to this fodder. That's not fit for made for television trash. Horrible film. Um, the Night Listener, Travis. I think you would recommended this maybe a few months ago. Uh, a, a quiet, slight, yeah, Williams quiet, film. quiet, muted performance. Kind of a slight anecdotal script, even kind mm -hmm. of a footnote of a script, but interesting. Uh, well made with great performances by Tony Collette and Robin Williams. I, re I recommend the movie. Uh, I dug it. Yeah, and uh, I got to tell you, that's pretty much it. And I'd say my big, my favorite of the week was inexplicably Crybaby. Never thought I would say that. I remember seeing the poster in like 1990 when I was a kid. Like, what the fuck? Like, Edward Scissorhands, like this dumb tear in his ear and dumb tear in his eye. Like, what is this? I'm a fan. I'm cry. I just goes to show you, man. I, it didn't make me cry. It, it's cringeworthy as hell. It's fun. Take another look at it. It is a Waters movie, so. What well, Waters what is a... Cringe is what he aims for, right? Like cringing, like it's weird. Like it, it's just they're fuck bizarre. Like I've never seen hairspray oh, bizarro. or or like pink flamingos. Like check out, I, I don't check know. out Pecker. That's a delight. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I remember Jim used to watch. No, that. I got one. Pecker. I I how about cereal mom? I love cereal <laughs> yeah, mom. cereal mom. That's, that's, that one, great. That would actually. Camp, I think that's, that's what the word we're looking for. Campy. Yeah, that's probably cereal mom is probably the only John Waters movie I ever saw that I didn't hate. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely much. can't be in a satire, but Kathleen uh, Turner. Turner, yeah. She still had it then before she turned into whatever she is now. I'm not really uh, sure. <laughs> what a lovely an older woman. Actress. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like a woman on, of a Mike. certain age. What is your point here, pal? <laughs> what are you well, getting at, dude? She got hit a lot harder by reality than others have. That's all I'm saying. So. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Crybaby is amazing. Completely bonkers, says Aaron. Wow. Okay. Aaron has seen everything, man. He's on top of it. That's the kind of that's the kind really of interaction is. we like here, man. Somebody who's seen all the movies and can have a comment about it. That's what we love. Thank you, Aaron. Very exciting news that you've seen Crybaby. I have seen films. Yeah, what do you got, Mike? What have you seen? Uh, you know, I've been reducing the movie content, and I've been doing that. I've actually followed through on that. So I have not watched it because I was on, you know, shit. I was watching like 15 movies a week. I feel like it was just I couldn't even remember them all and share them all. Was on, so yeah, Travis understands. He knows what I'm. I left a bunch about. off, like usual. Yay! So uh, <laughs> I saw the uh, second of the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows. I never saw the second one. I saw the first one, so I finally knocked that one out. Eh, you know, it's just like. They want you to be looking at things like so you can follow the clues, but then they like spell it out for you. So it's like, who, why do I even have to pay attention? Because they're just going to rewind what I missed as the, I'm not as wise and, uh, you know, is able to identify things like Sherlock Holmes is. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and people say that uh, Robert Downey Judy's accent is awful. Like, I don't think it was. It wasn't like awful. I, I don't. Is it just if you're an American actor and you do a British accent, you're going to get shit on because we just can't do it as good as the Brits can do American accents? Is that what it is? I don't I think know historically, Bob Downey Jr. has been one of the best at it. I mean, Chaplin is, is, is perfect. Yeah. Well, my opinion. There's people still shit on it. What can I do? I, I'm not these people, though. I thought it was fine. 
Uh, I finally saw The Bounty. I never saw it. I've heard all the talk about it. Anthony Hopkins and Mel Gibson, the story of Captain William Bly. I don't know. Damn your eyes, man. Damn your eyes. Damn your eyes, man. It's, so, I mean, it's just like it's made fun of in the trip with uh, Steve Coogan. Damn you. Robert. Damn you. That's Tony Hopkins. Damn your eyes, man. Damn. <laughs> He's just like a psycho. Uh, but he, I don't know, it's a bizarre movie. And the fact that it's made in the 80s, it has such an 80s score. <laughs> Which is weird. Is it Howard Shore? Be... Is it Howard Shore? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be I surprised. I would believe that. It's definitely synth heavy, but it's a movie about the 1700s. So um, it's a it's weird movie. It's really well. Yeah, it is. That's what's weird about it. You know, the anachronistic <laughs> angle of that. But everything else is like totally really period focused. And uh, it's really kind of detailed. I think uh, it's directed by Roger Donaldson, um, and it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. It's definitely worth watching if you've never seen it. It's been made fun of. It's easy to make fun of Hopkins. <laughs> Captain William Bly is picture, a lot of picture fun. Picture like Anthony Hopkins like pulling out of Arby's and like seeing that they forgot his horsey sauce, being like, oh, damn you! Damn you! You gotta go to hell! <laughs> damn you, curly fries! Where are you? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to do that. And uh, it's like Hopkins is not old, you know? It's, I always feel like Hopkins has been old most of my life. He's not actually yeah. that old there. So You ever see fun. Magic, the Richard Attenborough film about like a killer dummy that like... It's what it was earlier. No, Detroit-West horror? I've been, meaning to, I've been meaning to catch it. Cool. So like one of the, yeah, one of the cool. only horror movies he's done. I bet Aaron's seen it. The right, right? The rights. Yeah, I bet Eric's seen it. Aaron's seen it. Aaron, have you seen that? Let us know. So, yeah, uh, check out The Bounty. It's interesting. It's also based on a true story. If that's like something you're into, it really did happen. uh, Mel Gibson, also Liam Neeson and Daniel Day Lewis. So, it's like a huge cast of young, up and coming people who did things that are considered respectable. Hmm. If that's also if that's your thing, so Travis, I watched Terminator Dark Fate because you really rec- <laughs> you recommended oh, th- it. This is the one you didn't care for. It. Yeah, man, yeah. like it's just the same fucking story again. There's got to be a truck scene chase and the same <laughs> chase, and it was yeah, just, a big truck it was the, the first half hour is like note for note of like, hey, oh, you're the new Sarah Connor, but you're. Latina, so that's the difference. You're you're this John Connor, and then Sarah Connor shows up, which is cool. It's great to see Linda Hamilton. I enjoyed that part. I loved it when she when she showed up, you know, on the bridge. It was cool, but then like the fact that like a spoiler alert fest here. I got to talk about it to kind of lay this out. Have you not seen it, Eric? You haven't seen it? No, I saw it. I dug it. I told you guys, I liked it. Okay, well, I missed that. So yes, the fact that Arnold's Terminator from way back when when he killed john after this alternate move that happens he ends up killing john connor but then he's in this reality and he lives peacefully and becomes a caretaker it's really weird to me i just didn't really buy that that he like they're trying to sell this fact that hey this terminator actually learned how to care right. for people in humanity and it's comment like on, a stretch. on ai and all that kind of stuff well it seems like a stretch it's a fucking terminator movie it is a stretch That's- that's not even my biggest beef. It's just the fact that it's all note for note, like a showdown and, you know, the shotgun loading, you know, it's all like, I've seen all this. You don't need to replay the hits. You were uh, you on the right like, track here. You wanted like the, 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 the slow, steady, thoughtful, the thinking man's Terminator film, like two people sitting across from each other in a diner talking about the future. 
Yeah, I would love to True. see him. You know, coffee and cigarettes, Terminator version. That would be interesting. My, my I what Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch <laughs> does Terminator. Okay. My dinner with the D eight hundred. I want the action. You want that? I also don't get this Mackenzie Davis thing. Is she done? Is it over? I don't get it. She's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She's in know, this movie. Honestly, I don't really. I don't. I, I don't dislike like her. Patrick but, Wilson of actress. She just kind of feels <laughs> like you know how sometimes like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, someone got a great agent. Right, yes. like this, all of a sudden, like Don like, Hall Gleason did. He exactly was exactly who I was thinking of. That's it. Exactly That's it. With somebody of like middling, but like decent, decent talent, like clearly yeah, yeah. talented, absolutely. But like, what the fuck? Why are you in everything? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, something changed for you somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Justin Bieber School of Acting. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad She's, that you at least yeah. agree with that. So, I mean, it's, it's not a terrible thing, yeah. movie. It's not terrible. Uh, I mean, again, like. Obviously, the first two are the best ones, but if you want to watch one that's not one of the first two Terminator movies, I'd say this is the best sense, personally. There's actually some good humor in it, too, like the potato chip bag and the phone stuff. No. I, was, I left. So I was, and they like swear a lot and like, I don't fucking care. I do like that this was a very hard R movie, so I will give it credit for that. I always appreciate pushing the limits there. So it's not, it's not a, I just, when you talked about it, I really thought, I was like, wow, I really got to see this. So maybe yeah, I. Maybe I got, I know maybe I just took your excitement and I took it too far. That's my fault. I'll take responsibility for that cuz I'm the movie watcher in the end. All right, I watched Seven Psychopaths, you know, I haven't watched that in a while. I went back and checked it out, which is a uh, Martin McDonough film with a lot of great actors and it's uh, it's great. I really enjoy it. I strongly recommend Seven Psychopaths. If you love In Bruges and you never saw Seven Psychopaths, God, please so check it out. Please do that. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, Aaron says that, yeah, she's pretty tall. She's pretty tall. She's tall and pretty. A good thing for Hollywood, I guess. <laughs> That's all we're going on. That's kind of weak. Uh, I feel like Mackenzie Davis, uh, maybe a bit overhyped as well, but that's how it goes. So check out Seven Psychopaths. And, uh, I did watch Jover's Volcano because I hadn't watched it in years. Oh, I love okay. watching it. You know, it's always great. Loved it. And it reminded me of so many <laughs> things I'd forgotten about. I love it like, so much. Uh, yeah. Like Dan Hedaya. <laughs> I, I am not arguing that. that with you. Arguing that with you. <laughs> I know we can get the job, but can he do the job? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yeah, we, haven't talked, we haven't talked JP Shanley on the show in like two episodes either, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He's really becoming a big part of it. Um, yeah. uh, I went back and watched uh, Todd Phillips' Road Trip, and we've already done enough Todd Phillips movies on this for like a long time. There's no need to ever really do another Todd Phillips movie on this podcast necessarily. And Road Trip was a lot of fun for me. Hilarious. Giant night at the movie theater. Like I've, I've told the story before. Did acid all day in Whippets and then hit the theater with a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of, a whole bunch of us. Like it, it seemed like almost movie? all my friends. Yeah, it seemed like all my friends were there that night. It was weird. Like almost it seemed that way. But then again, it wasn't acid. So maybe I misread some of that. Perhaps. At any rate, uh, it was funny. And I always thought it was funny. It moves fast and Tom Green's in it. So it's really dated because Tom Green is in it, and he's like yeah. playing a central. He's given a lot of camera time, and it's high Tom Green because it's 2000. But I, even though it's kind of blatantly disrespectful to women, uh, it's still pretty funny. There's still some, still some laughs. I think it's still funny. And if you can get past that, because they're trying to make fun of themselves, that it's like a meta thing that's going on. That yes, we realize we're chauvinist dicks, and we're they're trying to like let you know that they do know that by having certain scenes directed and kind of shaped the way they are. But so it's like, they kind of get it, but they kind of don't, I don't know. Either way, the character is a lot of fun and I love a good road trip comedy. I, I do. So that's me. What can I tell you? 
Uh, and then lastly, oh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which is, I bet in some realms, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which came out in 2007, I believe. Is that Kat Denning? Yes. Kat Dennings yeah, and Michael Sarah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're never running around New York City. One night in New York City, teenagers <laughs> running around. Did they fall in love? What? Hey, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty likely they do. But is Bell and Sebastian on the soundtrack? No, actually not. Uh, oh. Band of Horses uh, features Band on of the Horses. soundtrack. No, that makes sense. So, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of. It's 2007. There's a pretty good playlist actually involved in the movie. But I just kept thinking that in some realms, in some worlds, in some other social structures, that this movie is like everything to them. Like, people grew up with this movie, and they probably watched it a billion times, but I couldn't give a fuck. Like, I just really couldn't get into it at all. It's pretty cheesy and routine, but it just makes me think about when you grow up and when you see a film, it's not necessarily how good that film might be. It just kind of dictates <laughs> timing, dictates a lot. It's weird. Well, the demographics di dictate a lot, right? I mean, like, we're making stuff. A lot of times they're aiming at specific groups, and, like, I don't think that you and I, even in 2007, may, may have been in that group. That that, that movie <laughs> no. was aimed at, you know. You're probably right. It's def yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, Aaron says that uh, that girl digs a phone out of a gross public toilet. That's true. In the it movie, or is yes. that what we're talking? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Another movie. Aaron talking scene. about a girl on the street or something. Okay. <laughs> that's it. So uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, reducing my movie intake, which I think is a good thing. Summer's here. Go live our lives. Let's live it up. I did the opposite. I just watched more movies I had seen before, so I wouldn't feel compelled to talk about them. <laughs> oh, that's a smooth move right there. Classic yeah. Wellico smooth move. Well done. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's. Well, yeah. Well, podcasting, huh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I have learned. Christ didn't come to earth to give us the willies. He came to help us out. That's the truth. And Dogma is a 1999 film directed by Kevin Smith, starring a bunch of people, Chris Rock and the two bozos. You know, Kevin Smith is Silent Bob and Jay, his hetero life mate, which were these guys. You know, we'll talk about them. They were the zeitgeist. They were part of the zeitgeist big time, and they probably really, still are. Really throwing doubt on the hetero life mate uh, claim in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a new angle in this. And uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Salma Hayek. I mean, it's a Alan huge Rickman. cast. Alan Rickman, of course. Some woman so. called Lorna Fiondiago or that's something. It, yeah. That's <laughs> the long lost yeah. Linda Fiorentino. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Shit. What, 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 what? I got to mention this. I forgot to mention. You just reminded me as we're getting into it. It actually connects to Linda Florentino. What's Jade? I, I watched. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've done that. But I watched. Uh, I watched After Hours. I never saw After Hours. Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, I just watched that like last year. What'd you think? You know, uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Uh, it's curious, but then it got a little bit annoying. But then it's like it's supposed to be what it is, so I shouldn't be that annoyed. It, it's not trying to hide what it is. It's like this one night in New York after hours. Weird shit's going on in the 80s. Yeah. And that's Will cool. Patton if, is into S&M. <laughs> yeah, Will, Will Patton, Cheech and Chong are just in this movie as guys <laughs> and stealing I, shit. I love Griffin Dunn so much. Like I just love him in everything I've ever seen him in. I just love Griffin Dunn. So that's, and that was, that's a big draw for me on that one. Yeah, he's great, and he, I think he produced the movie too. He really wanted to make this happen, from what I gather. It's a, it's an interesting movie. If you never saw, you know, Scorsese's '80s era, his '80s period gets shit on a lot. I feel like more just because it's not Goodfellas or Casino or something like that. But it's definitely creative, and it's a, 
it's fascinating. Catherine O'Hara is in it too. There's a lot of people in this movie, and including Linda Florentino, who was the star of Dogma. So it reminded me of that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so there it is. That reminded me of that, and I wanted to get that out because I forgot to talk about it last week. So yeah, we're here for Dogma, though. So Dogma is a 1999 film. You know, here's what I don't get about you. <laughs> you know for a fact that there is a God. <laughs> You've been in his presence. He's spoken to you personally. Yet I just heard you claim to be an atheist. I just like the fuck with the clergy, man. I just love it. I love to keep those guys on their toes. Man, now here's what I don't get about you, man. Why do you feel the need to come to this place all the time? Oh, uh, my friend, because this is humanity at its best. Uh, Look at them. All that anger, all that mistrust, all that unhappiness. Uh, forgotten for that one perfect moment when they get off the plane. See those two? What that guy doesn't know is that the girl cheated on him while she was away. She did? Twice. Nice. It doesn't matter right now because they're just both so relieved to be with one another. I like that. I wish they could all feel that way more often. Is this why I had to come down here this morning, man? Is this why I had to miss my fucking cartoons? You call me, you tell me it's important, you know? What, to share in your half-assed obsession with uh, Hallmark moments? We're going home. Somebody sent us this in the mail. Take it, man, and quit leering at me. People are gonna think I just broke up with you or something. You did just say we're going home, didn't you? Read. Cardinal Glick cuts ribbon on Catholicism wow campaign. And? You have to keep reading. We were 19 when this movie came out, basically. We were all in our 19-aged yeah. year. And uh, Travis Roy, did you see this movie in theaters or not? Oh, absolutely. I, I was oh. I was a huge Kevin Smith fan uh, as a teenager. <laughs> I saw Clerks when it came out, so I saw uh, when it came out on video. Uh, you know, didn't really get a big theatrical release. Um, so I, I saw you know I saw Mallrats in theaters, and I saw this in the I saw everything he did in theaters until like I think Jersey Girl, and, the, and I was like, okay, I don't need to see everything in theaters. Uh, but I, but I was I was a big fan, and so yeah, I remember, this is one of the few movies we've actually talked about on the show where I literally remember the theatrical experience. I remember nothing, you know, none of the context, who I was with, or none of that shit. But I do remember being in the theater and seeing it. Oh, well, that's healthy. That's great news, too. Yeah, my brain uh, works. Branch, <laughs> Branch, am I, I don't feel like you saw us in the theater. Or maybe you did, and uh, you were just devastated. I love Clerks. And I love Chasing Amy. I detested Mallrats even when it came out. So uh, uh, I, I did not see this on, uh in the theaters. I rented it on DVD in 1999. So that was that. I saw the film. And then you didn't watch it again until today? Yeah, it's been 22 years. That's what I thought. Okay. So you didn't care for it then is what you're no, saying. No, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I could not stand it. But I watched it. And, and okay. have been vocal about that ever since, which is fine, yeah, which is good. I mean, like, but I mean, uh, it's, it's interesting to watch a movie that, because um, the whole premise of our show, of this segment is, does it hold up? And typically it's a movie that the three of us either have you know typically have some affection for uh this is one of the few movies where one of us outright hated it before so we'll see what you have to say yeah 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 i mean i was i I went in open i mean i joke about it but i didn't come in like ready to fucking be rancorous or anything especially with remember that linda fiorentino is in it i was i was glad to turn it on after remembering that controversial take here how can you not like mall rats unreal i gotta agree with you there aaron as, it's a, uh, as Travis's friend growing up too, I was just the biggest fan. I loved all the movies. I never really saw him in the theater, but I always I watched the shit out of him on DVDs and VHS, really. Mostly VHS back in those days. Mall Rats was a staple. It was something we quoted to each other, at least the people who liked it. <laughs> it was just 
part of our routine for sure. And I loved Kevin Smith's movies up until, yeah, Jersey Girl. Yeah, you're right. That's the one. 36 dicks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 36 dicks is great. And yeah, so we try to decide, does it hold up or not? I chose this film because I wanted to look at it from another angle because I I really liked it a lot when it came out and I loved it. I mean, I, t- I watched it a lot. I quoted it a lot. And, you know, <laughs> con air, con shit. You know, I used to say dumb shit like that all the time. And I wondered, is that still the case now? So that's why I picked it. And I didn't I didn't really know about Eric's absolute loathing of it. I really didn't. Uh, you were more in... You were more clued into that than I was, Travis. But um, either way, I still want to find out if it holds up. So that's why we're doing it. Uh, All right. score. Yeah, woohoo! Wee! I didn't look up the score. Uh, any guesses on this score? I'm going to guess pretty high, um, but I'm not too high because, I mean, it, for a couple – like, so this is this is such a controversial film that the filmmaker felt the need to start the movie with a, uh, with a disclaimer where he defined what a disclaimer was. Um, so <laughs> clearly this is one that, you know, like he was – like this is this this would have triggered some folks, uh, and even among people that love him, I don't know that this is their favorite movie of his. So I'm gonna guess mid sixes. I'll say six five. Yeah, six seven. I think this cracks seven for sure. I think a lot of people liked it. It was his most commercially successful movie, I believe, up until that point. Yeah, ten million dollar budget. I think it made forty, so it probably made a good twenty thirty mil after marketing. So yeah, it was a hit. Yeah. Which is not saying a lot because all his other movies, even though they're loved by people on VHS, they weren't like massive. Yeah, but they're also specials. this is also the first time he had anything resembling a budget. True. That's very true. Uh, I'm going to say this is in the sevens. I'm going to say seven four. Let's find actual, out. Actual retail price, seven three. Shit. All right. Man. Look at that. Wow. I'm okay. in touch with society. I'm Yay not very me. good at this. I'm not good at this game. <laughs> you know, it's not fun. Uh, over on Rotten Tomatoes, 67%. From the critics. A little harsh. A little harsh. Not terribly harsh, but somewhat harsh. 85% audience. That's a almost a 20% discrepancy between the audience and the critics. So this is definitely a... People like this movie, at least in terms of Kevin Smith fans and maybe people in society in general, right? Society. <laughs> How many times can one guy say society in a single podcast? <laughs> uh, I'm really hoping at some point that Aaron's going to do an update. You know, he's he's going to clip this up and edit it and send me like a just a society clip. Two minutes of Mike Govier saying society over and over again. Uh, I will say this. The critics have great things to say. So let's hear from our classics, the favorites. Hopefully Destin checks in. I really Destin, feel like Destin. 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 What, you really I feel, feel like, like what? I feel like he saw it, right? I bet. I mean, this is about in his time zone, I believe. Definitely. Um, I bet he saw this movie in his lifetime. I wonder what he's doing right now. Hey, Dustin, what are you doing out there, buddy? Come on the show. You're more than welcome. We're waiting for you right now. Open invite, Dustin Thompson. Anytime you want. We'll make time. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone says. I don't care what he's doing. Yeah, nobody really cares. We don't really care, Destin, but we're going to hear it. Peter Tra- Peter Travers says, thou shalt not stop laughing. <laughs> Jesus. I get what he did there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, here he Ooh. is. Dustin. 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 Woo. Yes. The movie simply demonstrates the limitation of Smith's vision and humorous abilities rather than any satirical prowess. Not a fan. Total splat from Dustin. That's interesting. That's an interesting hmm. take. I, I I have. I don't I don't disagree with it. I don't I don't disagree with it. 
I mean, I do, I do think that the movie, I mean, I don't, I have, I disagree with it so much. I think that the movie clearly he's able to say things like Smith is able to make, this is him swinging for the fences. Like this is him. It's a long way from red state when he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say. Uh, <laughs> but like, but it's still like he's swinging for the fences and like, I'm going to piss people off and he makes a statement with it. But I, but I think that the limitations, maybe what Dessen, our, our good friend Dessen is talking about uh, might be the limitations of his storytelling skills more than anything. <gasps> wow. That is, uh, there might be some truth to that, actually. And I think what he's also saying, at least in my yeah. view, and that's why I'm doing the show, I'm going to give my mm, opinion. I want to hear it. <laughs> it's because that there's still the classic reliance. He's trying to tell a massive tale. Like you said, he swings to the fences here, but there's still a large reliance on the poop and fart jokes and the, mm-hmm. you know, we're gay, we're not gay jokes, all that yes. stuff, you know, all yeah. the childish humor stuff. That's the limitation. That's, that's it. That's exactly it. Yep. Uh, Mr. Ebert, Roger Ebert, the legend himself, Smith has made a movie that reflects the spirit in which many Catholics regard their church. He has positioned his comedy, he's positioned it, on the balanced line between theological rigidity and secular reality, which is where so many Catholics find themselves. Three and a half out of four stars. And don't forget uh, Ebert himself name-dropped in the film. That was that was a funny moment, I guess. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Ebert. The, the, Very the, cool. Jay's uh, review of the film 16 Candles, I believe it was, right? Or was it Pretty in Pink? Uh, there's oh, yeah, Tit uh, with no bush. That, that sounds like a <laughs> Ebert kind of <laughs> review. Yeah, it's uh, 16 Candles, John Hughes. Yeah, and they talk about pretty. She says 16 Candles, John Hughes, and I think he talks about Pretty in Pink, yes. I thought it was really Ebert inter- over here. To interject real quick, I thought it was really interesting that like uh, they bring in like the, the, the Hughes-averse when we're all, while we're in the view askew-averse. I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, that definitely was intentional, and that was cool. I completely agree with that. The 80s-verse meets the 90s-verse. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot of fun. Uh, Eric, you want to talk about anything right now? Anything uh, these critics are saying that is hitting you in a certain way? Uh, uh, the film got a lot of flack back in the day. Like it, there was, I remember it in '99. It's so controversial. Miramax wouldn't even pick it up because of the controversy. That Lionsgate had to distribute the film. Um, I don't understand. It's hard for me to see how it, here in 2021 how this was so controversial. Like there's nothing really that upsetting in it to me, even as someone who considers themselves a, a believer i'm not catholic but uh i don't i don't see that many offensive things in it other than the vulgarity in the language i see a lot of literally half-baked theology that is completely like uh, based in no reality at all and i see a shitload of uh, horrific plot holes and ridiculously bad writing but i don't see it being that controversial yeah it mentions just, god just, just bringing in bringing in like nordic stuff and some greek ancient greek stuff we're gonna throw in some hebrew stuff and then yeah. we're gonna call it all catholicism Fuck. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i laugh you know i laugh at the disclaimer but in the beginning to me that's just like hey like Regardless of what you think, I I know this is dumb. It seems like kind of a a, a way out for him. Oh God, it was cringy as fuck. That opening disclaimer, like, oh, that's not punk rock at all, man. Really? <laughs> no, no, I found it really cringy. I also think if this came out nowadays, like he would do that. He, he would have been forced to put the platypus one in there because literally people would have been pissed nowadays. Uh, I mean, it was controversial then, and I think that maybe like some of the stuff that seems less controversial to us now, like Jesus being black, we've had 20 years of people talking about, I mean, obviously longer than that, but I mean, like, it's been 
like when Chris Rock said it in the movie, it felt somewhat controversial then. Now it's like, you know, we 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 sit on Black Santa's lap at the fucking mall now. So like, you know, it's like no one cares anymore. Twenty years ago, I think there was a little bit more of an uproar about that kind of thing. No, I mean, there's, there's you're gonna find people in the internet who who get upset whenever anybody of any race is cast in any fucking movie. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it was more. I, I do think there was a bit more, more of an outcry than we might remember now. Um, yeah, yes, I, uh, I was gonna think. Okay, so uh, Aaron says here, by the way, that Christianity actually is a hodgepodge for reals. So oh sure. That's, okay, yeah. That's, so that's, you, that's you, a stretch. You, oh, I agree. You acquiesce to that. Also, this is a fun one. Maybe not for Eric. For us, what's your favorite J one liner from any movie? And yes, J is a bozo, and he has some of his stuff hasn't really held up necessarily. But he still had a lot of great one-liners. And for me, it's always going to be mall rats. When he says, do it, Doug! <laughs> when he's behind the scenes. This is one fucked up game show. I love that stuff. That's best. That's the best Jay for me. I always loved it. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I didn't laugh very much hardly at all watching it this time i i got, I got wow. a couple <laughs> wow. got a couple of those but the <laughs> the one the one line of the movie that made me laugh my fucking ass off on this viewing like a big guffaw and for a while was when <laughs> when bethany finds out that she's related to jesus and jay like perks up does that mean bethany's half black <laughs> fucking lost it that's that's what he's hung up on <laughs> that yep, was good that was funny that is a good i mean one. You may be surprised, but I laughed out loud many times during this recent viewing of Dogma. Pretty oh, much every time Jason Mewes said something, I laughed out loud. Uh, well, well, well. Like, I never like for years. I've been like the snoochy boot. I, I don't get this, but like I, I guess I, I must have been out for a while because. Every time he said something, I'd laugh. I think the biggest was when he was like, "What the fuck is this? The piano? Why isn't she talking?" <laughs> that was funny. So funny. Oh, yeah. I also like that when he's like they walk up on all these dead bodies, like people wonder why I don't go to church. That was pretty funny too. <laughs> and I gotta Gear. say, like, like the the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I actually I think they're probably the best parts of the movie is that first like twenty minutes. But when Jay and Silent Bob showed up, I remember that today being kind of like, ah, do, do we have to have them in? I kind of like how this is going now. Do we have to set it in this universe? But I was laughing at literally every time Jason Mewes said something. He's fucking hilarious. Stunning. And this is breaking news. I'm, I'm very, 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 uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Notice uh, I didn't wow. say I laughed at any other point, but Jason That's Mewes is really funny. Uh, we got it. See, you just blew it. Just like Kevin Smith's intro. We didn't need to say that. We know. Disclaimer. Uh, I got to tell you. Yeah. We know disclaimers required, Eric. I will tell you this. This is probably peak Jason Mewes because... After this, the drug use got worse for him and shit got fucked up. And that's not a bad thing. That's just what happened to him. And he was just at the peak of his powers here. Really, it looks like he's pretty lucid and stuff, even though things were already starting to slip off the rails. And Clerks 2, I think, by the way, side note, Clerks 2, I loved it. I thought Clerks 2 was actually really good. But he's not one of the main yeah. reasons for that. But this movie has so many fucking people in it. We got to talk about some of these other people. You got the two bros off their Oscar-winning effort of Goodwill Hunting, of course. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon playing buddy angels who have been shit out of hell, you know, shit out of heaven. Yeah. They've been forbidden. And they, unfortunately, apparently Wisconsin's worse than hell, which seems that's not a very good a little, joke. A little rough on Wisconsin. Yeah, um, I didn't think that was that funny. So my, my big takeaway this viewing was, uh, I think they make the fucking movie. Now, Eric is like, like acting like a bored eight year old or something already. Look at that so face. Like, he clearly strongly that. disagrees <laughs> with me, 
but I feel completely different from you. I am ready to pluck Jay and Silent Bob out of this movie, and uh, I would have really, I'd be way more interested on a take on this script that wasn't trying to do all the cuckoo, the poo poo caca jokes, and, yes. and instead was like, like I think Ben Affleck is does really strong work in this movie. I think I think that the scene when when Matt Damon tells him, "You sound like the fucking Morning Star," it gives me chills. 20 years later, every time I'm like, oh, it's so creepy, like like a burgeoning Satan right here. Like, this is so cool. And, the, and and I love the language that they use with one another. I love the comedy of them discussing, um, like, murdering people in ancient biblical times so casually <laughs> in front of people, like, when they're out in public and stuff. I, I take issue with um, the wanton slaying with, like, circus music going on behind it and more than one scene with these guys. But uh, to Don't a degree. Run. Don't run. <laughs> to a degree. But, I, I yeah, I felt like they're the strongest part of the movie for me that's great dude when they're on the bus and they're talking <laughs> first off crush groove or et which was good you know time's gonna tell on that one and that's, that's funny. funny and then no married man kisses his wife that way are you stoned <laughs> i love that banter those guys together you're right that makes my day i there i don't need to pluck jane silent bob out you can keep them in i think you keep them all in but i agree that they are really a, the backbone of this movie that keeps it not, it's not about being grounded, but it keeps it funny. It keeps it entertaining and interesting. And I also and it, considered, go well, ahead. Well, the stakes. Uh, I mean, the stakes are there. Like without them, there's no, there's no fucking stakes. So. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. You're right. But I guess if you now you're reformatting a whole movie, and that would change things. But what I do know is that <laughs> sounds odd. I don't know how to put it, but the Bible <laughs> and like the it's kind of the world of Christianity and all these characters and stuff. It's almost like. <laughs> own universe i was thinking of like the mcu and all this shit and i know this might be blasphemy to some people but i'm like you know there's a lot of fantastical storytelling you could do a bunch of movies if you could just get over taking yourself so seriously i really yeah. do yeah. well that was that was one of the, well that's that's a good point which is why i wonder about some of the choices that he made like like metatron like why are you talking about metatron like that nope that's that that word's not in the Bible. Like, like the Archangel Michael, we're familiar with him being the voice of God. Just call him the Archangel Michael. That would make way more sense to people and be in keeping with like Catholicism a little more. Yeah. And it's just like stuff like that. Like, they're, they're, like since the Bible is so peopled in both Testaments with interesting characters that, like you say, could be brought out. Like, it's almost like, why not make, how interesting would it have been to have Chris Rock play Judas or something instead of like this bonus apostle or like, mm. or maybe not Judas, maybe, maybe not make the black guy Judas, maybe make him Simon or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, I mean, like, I, I just feel like they kind of lost some opportunities here by, by folk, like, uh, like Azriel, like. There's this Jewish demon named Azazel. I guess it's in reference to him, but like, why not? I don't like. I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like they got he got really loose with the demonology when you could have gone straight to the source and like, okay, let's take this and let's take this. That's a really good point. I did not consider in, you know, in the point I just made. And Eric, what we're just saying here is that he plays with the terminology and creating names and talking about. Yeah, you know, like you said, all all the examples you just made up, it, you didn't have to make up the thirteenth apostle and you know this black guy that was screwed over because he was the thirteenth apostle. It's funny in a sense, and it probably seems quite plausible if he's trying to make it more real and grounded. But like, why is a guy from Nazareth sound like a guy from Baltimore? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Chris Rock. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He, in the '90s, weren't particularly that kind to him. He had a hard time kind of finding his finding his footing in some of his roles. It was stand-up time for him. Yeah, but yeah. Not, by this point, he had the stand-up had blown him up and given him a better 
But this is 99. He's rock solid, in my yeah. opinion. He was no, yeah. not yeah, to say done... rock. Here, rock solid. <laughs> and he's, he, I mean, he's kind of along for the ride. After, like, the initial, like, hey, Jesus was black. He owes me money. It's like he's just, like, there, too. Uh, no, I no, probably no, would have preferred. No, yeah, no. You don't think so? He's given great. When he talks about the beliefs versus the ideas, that's some good shit. Oh, I like yeah. That. Okay. I like that, like, too. He's like, I kind of would have preferred, like, if if Alan Rickman just stayed and like did what what Rufus did the entire time, like I, I don't yeah, know. That, that'd be fine too. I love Alan Rickman. I love Chris Rock. I'm not gonna have a problem with either of those. Do you have a problem with Alan Rickman flashing someone within two minutes or less of meeting them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angel. Clearly, I'm gonna show you my cockless crotch. <laughs> um, you, you know bottom what? Bottom feeders think everybody's trying to get in your knickers. <laughs> Going back to Loki and Bartleby, like. This is by far the most problematic part of the, the, both of these characters. Almost everything they do, I I got huge problems with. Like they're banished to Wisconsin, right? By by mm-hmm. God, and yet they can just like go wherever the hell they want to. Travel to New York. Like why do they just stay? In, like I don't understand that. Did I miss something? Well, that's a very interesting technicality that you're hitting no, that's on. A good yeah. point. I mean, like the, I think it's just because they wanted to take a dig at Wisconsin because everyone takes digs at New Jersey. So he's like, I'll, I'll stab it. I'll stab it at a random Midwest state. Yeah. They really went out of their way to Wisconsinize the airport scene with the cheese heads in the background yeah. and everything. It's like, Oh, it's we're like, really here. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, the, the bigoted version. I am offended for the Wisconsinites. <laughs> um, well, Christ, Mike, I mean, Jesus, like, Christ, we can talk about canary indulgence, but like, I would only bring it up because it makes this entire plot like so murky for me. Like the the concept of an indulgence is you you can't you can't just have like your sins completely absolved. That's not a loophole at all. Like you have to already be in a a state of grace with God. Like if they would have like just like ripped their wings off and gotten baptized, then they would have just not even had to like do anything at all they would have been able to like just like get baptized and then die and then that would have been it but like this whole go through the gate it's just like seems like a complete like waste for me that kevin smith probably like it just it goes over my head like i don't understand this plot here here's a here's a question like if if the problem is that if uh loki and bartleby go through the ark and have their sins cleansed it will show that god is not infallible isn't the fact that they could do that proof that God is fallible yeah, in this yeah, universe? Like even going before that, when like God takes on the incarnation of Bud Cork and then goes into a coma and is completely helpless in terms of his omnipotence, like that makes God infallible. The fact that that could happen to him and he could go into a coma, that, that, that already, that yeah, that already would turn the world upside down. It's just these little things. It's just like, come on, this is what you're going with? Yeah, I don't give a fuck about it, really. I'm, I, upon this viewing, I mean, I'm talking about the current viewing. I was sure. like, okay, whatever. I'm just kind of going along because I know the story has to move forward at some point, so I'm not... It's all fantastical as fuck, so I didn't <laughs> sure. analyze it in a great deal, yeah, I but guess. That, that's well. the problem. Like, the, I, I used to think, like, oh, like this like, it's so smart, and, like, they really get into religion. The script is stupid, if you ask me, and it's little things like that that... There's not thought put in there. It doesn't dissect organized religion in a way that I thought, at least even if I disagree with it, I would have thought is clever or smart. It's dumb. I, I'm a little bit inclined to agree with you. I feel like this is less a, a vehicle for legitimate criticism as it is like kind of just 
Catholic bashing. Like, um, there's a lot of like, I mean, especially coming from Salma Hayek's, Hayek's character, like, uh, you people don't celebrate your faith, you mourn it. Like, <laughs> there's like, 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 I imagine most of the people that were upset by this movie were Catholics because the message of this movie is not that like God doesn't exist or anything. In fact, what the fuck does it take for you to believe in God, Bethany? You're literally on a crusade, anyways. Um, <laughs> Like the, the like Smith is actually encouraging belief in God, so I can see why anybody who's like anything but a Catholic, but also a Christian, or like especially like spiritual but not religious, is going to be just fine with this movie. But if you're Catholic, I imagine this is insulting as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's pro faith, but it's it's anti like religion, which is anti Catholic religion, man. It's it's not critiquing anything but Catholicism. Yeah, uh, that's true. There, so Janine Garofalo, who's in this movie for one scene, who was and, supposed uh, you know, to be the yeah. lead. She, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That would have been a better film. It probably would have been funnier. Even Linda even Fiorentino funny. seems like she's having a bad time oh, in this movie. Dude. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm sorry, but she, I love Linda Fiorentino. She's so gorgeous, but this like bedroom voice, like bad acting, it does not work for me at all. Like the character does not even have any. There's nothing to her. Like they don't show you anything in the beginning that makes her. Even the characters, uh, she's just this. They try to build. They woman. try to build some of it. I mean, they try to build the story about how she lost a child, and you know, her husband divorced her because she couldn't have kids. So they're trying to mix that in as they go oh, along. They don't do it right away. I admit that. They should have. I feel like she's got like this really kind of smarmy sort of like fuck this kind of delivery through most of the most yeah. of the movie. Like, uh, like, like this is like some of the most amazing things that have ever happened to any individual ever are happening to you. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> but, but in terms of the just Catholic only bashing, there is the, he talks about the, in the beginning with the, through the looking glass. Sorry, you know, Matt Damon's character Loki talks about the walrus, you know, and, or the Hindu god. There's that's like the only time there's a reference to non Catholics stuff in terms of another religion that even gets mentioned about them shucking and devouring the oysters as they come through in the through the looking gas poem. But as I think about it now, there is a bashing of religion here and it's mostly Catholic. And the other thing about that is uh I guess I really didn't care. I was like you know, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we started as Catholics, but uh, I, I was baptized in 1982. What a what a time! What a what a great moment! Uh, I don't remember it, of course, and I don't I care. Hey, I'm so sorry to hear that. What a disappointment! <laughs> There's no baptism talk in this movie either. What the fuck? Come on! If you're gonna talk Catholicism, there should be some baptism talk. But as far as the religion bashing, it there are moments where they are trying to basically. It sounds like the script is Kevin Smith wanting to pontificate about his views of what we're doing right and wrong. What, and he's trying to use the vessel of God and the Bible and all this religious shit to tell you folks who are watching the film, like, hey, you're getting it wrong. You got a good idea and you turn it into a bad one. You know, Jesus really gets pissed when you carry out shit in his own name. That's what really bothers him because I know him personally. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's a big deal or not, but it is something to harp on. But, this, but I mean, you mentioned too, Gene Garofalo, Salma Hayek's in this movie. Uh, Alan Rickman is fantastic in this movie. He's smart. He's smarmy as fuck, and it seems that he probably wouldn't be that way as an angel, but I like it. I still laugh because I love Alan Rickman. Um, any other performances here? Because there's so many characters in this movie. I, uh, I've, I've, as much, like... <sighs> George Carlin! I, we haven't talked about George Carlin yet. Yeah, of course, but I was going to go before we... I, I've never cared for Jason Lee in this movie. I feel like he doesn't do a good job in this movie. Like, really? I just, I've always, he's always been bugged by his performance in this movie. I don't, I'm not sure what it is. 
I, I, I just kind of like, and I, and I like him. I actually like him. Um, but I, I think that like, I feel like he's one of those guys that really needs like a solid director to really coach him. And that, um, like, like Smith, Vanilla Sky. Well, I mean, honestly, like he actually does decent work in Vanilla Sky because Cameron Crowe is probably really attending to him. Kevin Smith's more like, "Hey, buddy, do what you want," kind of thing. Like, you get the feeling, you know. And hey, like, I get a skateboard, do whatever you want. <laughs> right, and I feel like, and I feel like both, like honestly, I feel like him and Salma Hayek both are just like really oh. fucking phoning it in, man. Oh, like, God. just, just don't know, just earning their paychecks. Like, I don't yeah. know. They're, yeah, like I feel like you know, like Rickman's taking pride in his work. I think Chris Rock is 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 invested in his character. I think that that, that uh, you know, but I and, and I think that Damon and Affleck are are are, are in it. But I, I really feel like every time I watch this movie in '99, I felt like like Hayek and Lee were both just kind of like, eh, whatever, I'll do it on the first take. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Lee, Lee. I mean, having to endure Selma Hayek trying to say like one line of dialogue is 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 rough for me. But Jason Lee shows up. Like for me, he shows up ready to go with the energy. It's there yeah. and the fun is there, but it's this limp script. Like, oh, I like AC. Oh, I'm going to spend five minutes setting up this holy bartender joke that's not even yeah. funny. It's the script. Wow. It's yeah. not funny, but it's, you know, oh, I get it. Holy bartender. It's a great joke. Real quick here. I think you guys want to talk about this too. Aaron oh, wants to know, yeah. where do you where do you find this movie streaming? Which goes into a topic that you guys wanted there to There it mention. is. Hey, yeah, like, uh, like the film The Good Girl. This was like this weird moment where we, Eric and I, both sat down to watch it and our separate I keep experiences. It. I'm sorry. And it was like, where the fuck is this movie? Has it been scrubbed from existence? And apparently it's got something to do with, you know, the the fuck, Weinstein. Um, but uh it's on YouTube and there's a like if you just Google or you know search uh dogma full movie, the first thing that comes up is something that says dogma full movie, real deal. And it's got a picture of Buddy Christ. That's the one. It's like HD quality. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. like it's, it's, as good a as good a version you could ask for. The only not, version you can ask for. It's the only version you, own you can ask for. It's been on YouTube for like three years. It's got like two hundred forty thousand hits or something. Like, uh, if you want to watch Dogma, that's where you've got to go. Apparently, is Dogma full movie, real deal. Yeah, I don't know if Harvey Weinstein has uh, internet access in prison, so he's not been able to find out that his movie... Well, I hope he gets it so he can find a cord and, and then strangle himself with that cord so he's dead. <laughs> or hopefully someone else strangles him. That would be even better. But I tell you this, yes, this movie has legal issues related to it because the Weinstein owned the rights, but all the other rights are spoken for and approved except for some reason the digital licensing rights, the streaming rights. But all the other Kevin Smith movies, I don't know... Because, you know, Weinstein, this wasn't the only Weinstein movie that, or Miramax movie that the Weinsteins ran. So I don't know what happened with the other movies and why they got approved for streaming rights and this one didn't. But that is currently the case, and there seems to be no sign of that changing. Okay. So that's that. And I just put the link in the live stream. I just put that link in the live stream that Travis just mentioned. So if you guys want to hit that up and you haven't been able to find a, a copy. Um, this movie also had a lot of, like, you know, people showing up from other uh, films of the of Kevin Smith. You got Grant Hicks. You got Brian O'Halloran uh, showing or yeah, you got Brian O'Halloran showing up. You got Jeff Anderson showing up. Anderson. Uh, the later. Yeah. You've got Dwight Ewell showing up to be a disposable black life sac sacrifice to the uh, shit demon, which by the way, a quick correction <laughs> on this show. Uh, we talked on the crow, how uh, Dwight Ewell played Tintin. That's not true. Lawrence Mason played Tintin in the crow just uh, to correct an episode from like 40 episodes ago or whatever. That episode um, does not hold up. <laughs> the crow episode doesn't no, hold up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that's, that's fun. Like, 
Like you're watching the film and like you get like a collection, an assortment of view askew regulars, which is cool. Yeah, I always love that. And I, you know, world building before there was the MCU, it was not a thing that happened. So I always like continuity. Yeah. I love Seinfeld because it had continuity, like referenced old episodes and stuff. It's a little thing, but I always, it's always a big thing to me. And I know that I isn't the most important thing to other people, but that's why this movie was cool back in the day. And wasn't there somebody else in there? No, no. That's it. That's pretty much all the side characters I wanted to mention. Um, what else, gentlemen? I'm sure there's plenty of others that we haven't hit on here. Some big topics with this movie. Well, I'd like to jump back into something I alluded to earlier, which is uh, something that we've talked about before when it comes to shooting violence in films from the 90s. Um, you have the shooting scene uh, in, on the bus, and then you have the shooting scene at the at the movies uh, 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 boardroom. Corporate. Yeah the corporate offices of movies incorporated. And this is the and, introduction of movies, by the way, too. side note. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's right. Um, so I, 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 uh, I, I've always kind of like felt a little weird about them, but I feel even weirder about them now because again, like it's not like I, I can't handle violence in film. I mean, I all I watch <laughs> is fucking horror movies. That's like all I watch is other than the movies I've watched for the show. Um, that's a laugher. Like, <laughs> right. I, I enjoy violence in horror movies, but or in, in movies generally. But like, there's something about the this like the depiction of violence in this movie that's, that's always kind of sad, a little funny to me. Like a bunch of unarmed people just getting mowed down left and right, and like th- th- this this music through it. Like, I just feel like that's the kind of stuff that like, um, uh, it's, it's, it's just interesting in the same way that like the, the, there's a joke, there's a more than one joke about like latent homosexuality. And there's, um, some like random slurs kind of alluded to throughout the movie stuff that just would not make it into a movie. Now it's just worth point, pointing out, uh, yeah. that some of this stuff is extremely dated. Good point. I mean, for me, that's I, I I don't like that scene mostly because I mean, you don't have this Verhoeven squib violence. Like a lot of it is <laughs> is just like the blood on the movies movie statue and stuff. Yeah. It's there. For me, the problem is this casual talk about pedophilia in like almost like a humorous way when we're yeah. talking about the the that's errors true. of these these board members. It's like yeah. that's that's not funny. Like it it just grosses me out. And the whole idea, even in the bus too, it's like. Yeah, Loki's the angel of death, but like, does he give murder to people, or does he take them to the afterlife after they're dead? Like, what? What is that? <laughs> Who are these people? What is right, the I gotta, this character. I want to give the third option here. I yeah, love. That's right, Aaron. We did go to uh, First Lakes. Yes. What was it? First Lake Baptist. Was that was that First Lakes? Okay, so, yeah, I, I can't that. remember, but you're right, Aaron. Freely support us. You guys are out there. Hope you're doing well. Shout out. But I love. And I don't even, and I, you're right, Travis. This is the same year Columbine happened, 1999, and world started changing. At least our, not the world, our stupid country started changing. And I love the depiction of the movie scene still because I hate corporations and I don't see these people as real people. I don't. And I love the fact that they save for the one good person, at least, you know, faith wise, on that board. But she didn't say, God bless you, when I sneezed. Getting off light, and that's where getting off light comes because I've been saying that a lot lately. But I will tell you this I don't have a problem with it, but I do understand the bus scene. Yeah, that's you know, you sh- nobody should be shot in the head for cheating Adultery, on their wife, right? That's ridiculous. extreme, way, way, way extreme. So, to me, there's a huge difference between the bus scene and the corporate boardroom scene, and the fact that they are 
offering the casual pedophilia, to me, they're laying out the crimes of these people as being, you know, I don't think it's that crazy to think that some of the sickest fucks and the most depraved assholes and power-hungry people in this world try to get to these big positions. That's not a stretch to me. Sure, and they, and they so. justify all the murders in advance by going by going through it, and we don't yeah. get treated to seeing the murders through itself. Maybe I'm a delicate snowflake. No, we, we I don't disagree know. on that. But, we can but, disagree. But it's yeah, the tone. It's the it's way Damon... And Nailed. he's in, for me, he's annoying the whole entire movie, but particularly here, it's this playful tone. We're expected to be chuckling, and they're talking about 11 year old boys getting sexually assaulted. Yeah, Fuck yeah, that. I agree. Irresponsible yeah, that's right. You may so, but, proceed, mon ami. But, you know, this, that's one of the things I wonder as I watch the movie. I'm like, am I not laughing because the movie's not that funny? Or am I not laughing because I'm dead inside? I'm not really sure. <laughs> At least that's indeterminate. It's, it's still incomplete. I like that. I appreciate that. But yeah, that you know that didn't really bother me. And you know the fact that the God gets trapped in this body and this clever plan by Ezreal, I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, cool. That's a smart plan, actually. I thought it was some decent script writing because that seems like it would make sense in the most ridiculous, fantastical world that this is. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I, okay. I have a big question though. If we're talking about yeah. script writing, um. And I've wondered this since I saw this in theaters. I've, I last night I went and like went on Wikipedia, I went on IMDb, I went on like other oh. sites, like re reading plot outlines that people had written, trying for the life of me to finally, before this podcast, to understand what the fuck happens to Bethany when she kills Bud Court? Why does she just start bleeding out of her stomach? She unplugs something. What does a plug fucking stab her in the stomach? Like, why are you bleeding? I never understood this. Did you guys? Well, the know? Bible says, uh, yeah, because the martyrdom. You have to. They mention it in the movie, technically. Well, yeah, they say. Well, they, they the, the thing about being a martyr is that you have to die. But I'm show how or why she died like I, I just she like pulls the plug and then she's just bleeding out of her stomach i get it yeah. like okay that's the, the wound in the side i get the illusion thank you but like what the fuck put it there i thought it was just god that's what god does when you try to save god and oh, you release god because you can't handle the voice of god that's well, i'll tell you what you guys handle. i i am confused by god and his or her actions <laughs> I, I, I thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna allude to the fact that why the fuck do these guys have to take buses and trains why don't they just fly their asses over there we'll and keep get a low profile yeah but who cares what low profile from what so when like, they get there they could pick everybody up in the sky so the yeah. people don't leave. They don't leave. They'll just wait patiently for their turn to be brought up into the sky. And, <laughs> and up to the ground. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. They could just run any direction, but no. Yeah. No. It, it, it so by the fact, that's one of the funny lines, too, when Azrael meets up with them in the Walmart or the department store that they're in. He's like, I got to get got to get this done before I got to get back to the pit before they notice I'm gone. I always laugh. I get it back to the pit. Sounds like a, a nice little name that I would call hell as well. But the other thing, too, I wanted to mention is Cardinal Glick, played by George Carlin. Yeah, he yeah. this is supposed to be like a I thought a purposeful casting because oh, yeah. George Carlin clearly not really. A, he's anti really He's made fun of her. That's his thing. That's part of his shtick is making fun of all things in society that we hold so dear. Uh, is that clever now or is that just like whatever? Because I actually think he's, you know, his limited appearances. I laugh. I chuckle. Oh, this is like solid Carlin line delivering and I'm down with it. I mean, I wish that the man had, had appeared in film more often. Like he really didn't do it that often. And when he did, it's usually pretty iconic. Um, yeah. So I enjoy him in this film. Yeah, I mean, Again, he shows up and he's funny. He's he's got the energy. Like he's yeah. he's ready to go. But yeah. he's not penning the script. He's not behind the camera. He, I'm sure he could have had a, a lot more to add. He's he's Cardinal Glick and he's got this this stage. He could go off and off and off, and it could have been great. But with with this script, he's limited because we've got this filmmaker is is a 
self-professed Catholic practitioner. So, so and I'm sure he would go against some of Carlin's beliefs, but it's just, there's nothing for him to work with that much. Well, he's only in like a couple scenes and, and his whole purpose is to show like the, the decay at the center of the, uh, of the church in case we needed that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Cute, but uh play time with the Cardinals over kids. <laughs> he's the kind of asshole that would bless his clubs. What about the ending of this movie? Does anyone get emotional? Did anyone really start to get like, wow. Cause they try to sell a somewhat emotional, almost cathartic on, ending. Mike. Cause Bartle, I'm, I'm asking the question. These are the questions I need to be asked. And Bartleby's head gets blown off, but in a sense of forgiveness, a forgiving blowing. Really been covering the ears of everyone else. Yeah. Why doesn't God just speak? She didn't have to yell. Anyways. um, There was a couple of tracks off Jagged Little Pillow that made my head almost explode, too. (laughs) I bet. That's a great album. Um, When Bartleby is descending in front of the church, covered in blood with the wings behind him, I always fucking love that moment. It's a badass scene. And that's what I'm like. Like you, this could have been done real right. This could have been a fucking horror movie that would have been so gnarly. It would have been so cool. He would have been so badass in this role. Um, so yeah, I, I I really enjoy that. But like, um, as far as like the the rest of the end, um, yeah, you know, I mean, like, oh, it, it's an okay. I I question like you're spending almost two thousand years with Loki as your only companion. And like you lose it so much at the end that you don't just kill him. You send him to fucking hell because he sent him to hell. He knows he's sending Loki to hell. Like it never yes. really occurred to me before, but like it's like the murdering Loki's bad enough. But as I was watching it last night, I'm like, fuck, he just sent Loki to hell. And he knows that that doesn't seem in keeping with the Bartleby from 30 minutes earlier in the movie. Yeah, they're on that train and they get thrown off the train and then suddenly he becomes this psycho. That, because he's supposed to yeah. have this epiphany. Well, because he realizes that the la- that they're going to be killed by the last scion. But even still, like he's informed, like, "Hey, you're going to destroy everything." And like, well, Azrael, like he knows he's going to destroy everything, and that's fine because he's selfish, and that makes sense for that character. But yes. Bartleby, like Bartleby, had, again, had spent a millennia or two, like trying to protect human beings and that kind of stuff. So for him to spin out, like as much as I love watching him freak out, uh, I do think it's structured poorly. And he laid, he's the guy who got Loki to lay down his sword originally. So there's a backstory of eons of him being somebody who, he said in the beginning of the movie when they're sitting at the airport, he's like, oh, these two people, they don't even realize that she cheated on him, but they're just so happy to see each other. I like that is what he literally says. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So it's a, it's a pretty sudden turn uh, that it would have made more sense for the Loki character to be the one that spins out. Yeah. They tried to call like throw a curveball at us or something, but it doesn't work at all. I agree. Also would have made more sense for him to fuck with maybe a priest, someone who actually is a member of the clergy, unlike nuns who aren't even part of the clergy. It's just I do like things like this. Come you, on. Mean when, you mean when Loki's fucking with the, with the nun? With Lady Aberdeen from uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, yeah. I do like that um, that he takes Lewis Carroll and uses him as a an, as a means to advance atheism, which is really clever. Uh, that was that was interesting. You're you're muted, friend. You are muted. <laughs> yeah, there, there's little there's little nuggets that are like, okay, there's something here. There's there's that. There's when Chris Rock is talking about how you know, oh, God doesn't despise this. He hates war and, and televangelism and stuff. There's there's stuff there, but it's like you said, it's just told to us. Like there's not there's not that there's so much shown in terms of the actual story. And for a film, this calls itself a comedy fantasy, and it tries to in my opinion, tried to like stay out of grander themes. It'll, it has no problems with coming out and saying, 
oh, this is what God thinks about this or that through through the voice of these characters. I don't know how well that sits with me. Through the voice of Kevin Smith. <laughs> really? <laughs> and you talk about character motivations, though, Travis. You do have to give the script credit because when the world's ending, Jay's character tries to fuck Bethany. That is him. So that, I'll give it's him credit funny. for that. <laughs> it's funny, but 80, 85, maybe even 90% of the Bethany character is just her being the butt of fuck jokes uh nonstop. another thing yeah good point another thing that just does not sit well like when she finally is like yeah i'd fuck you if there was five minutes left and he's like Come slut grow like, like, up dude, yeah. dude what the fuck it's not fucking yeah, great i mean the way 99 um yeah, the, it's the period on, yeah speaking of being crass i'll be crass yeah. for a moment can you imagine being surrounded by corpses with the knowledge that there's five minutes or less of existence and then being able to get a heart on on the other <laughs> hand, <laughs> on the other hand, apparently Jay is the world's most profligate masturbator. So he should be like ducking out like every two minutes or less in this movie. Cause like he should be way busier in this movie. Cause he's, he, they make the claim that he jerks off more than anybody else in the world. After you lay yes. eyes on the Gogathan shit demon, it's, it's, you know, it might be a few days before no you can ever man, get no woman. Shit demon's hilarious, and when he fires his shit rocket, it's clearly shitty CGI, which is hilarious too. But I still like it. I love it. The shit demon's funny, and the fact that he gets knocked it's out funny. by an odor killer—it's funny. It's, I it's laugh. Funny. Is it the second Indiana Jones reference? Because we got no ticket, which I love that moment. Definitely the, the no ticket. But I also kind of feel like this is kind of like Indy shooting the guy with the sword kind of moment where you're you're introduced to this big this big bad uh, who's clearly yeah. so dangerous and then they take him down with like nothing. Which has been uh, exploited I, in tons of movies since Indy too. Oh you're sure. Right. Yeah. This is the dumbest like question to even consider, but like how does the shit demon intend to like kill them? Just like throw shit at them? Like what is yeah. it trying to do to them? We don't get to see his uh martial arts skill. <laughs> That all takes place off screen while the yeah. uh, some of the there's only a shit black interrogation in scene that's going down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we missed right. that too. She's yeah. gonna uh, what's she, what she call serendipity's gonna interrogate the shit demon. Muse. Yes, I, I love how they address each other as muse. Apostle. <laughs> yeah, she she's like getting, like I'm gonna make a Molotov cocktail and give you lots of exposition <laughs> right now. <laughs> and when she shows up at the end there and Bart and Loki's like, oh, what's with the tits? Like that's over the top too. It's like good lord. Uh, there's definitely a lot of women are the butt of the joke here, no yeah. doubt about it. And but the, also the woman is like the the Harmony last scion. Yeah, sorry, go so, ahead. Oh yeah, no, the woman she's, is the last scion. But this is largely a sausage fest for Linda Fiorentino, man. Like it's like absolutely. when like serendipity shows up. But other than that, it's it's just a bunch of dicks or guys without dicks in this movie for the most. This part. is not Jersey Girl. <laughs> yeah, this is pre Jersey Girl Kevin Smith. So yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Um, all right. Uh, anything else here? Because I think it's time for us to make our final ruling, unless we've missed something very, very important here. Um, the, we've mentioned the homophobia. There's a homophobic remarks, clearly. <laughs> yeah, obvious. To be expected for a comedy from 99. Not to give it a pass, yeah. but I mean, like, I, I, we, you know, I mean, like, obviously, we, we took down Joe Dirt for that reason, but also mm -hmm. Joe Dirt was pretty unforgiving with that. Like, it was, it was really was way more. Yeah, with this, you had like a couple little jokes, and mostly it was Jay's latent homosexuality, which I'm fine with. I wish they'd embrace it more. And just at some point, they need to just bring that character out and make him start dating a man. Like at this point, if they make any more movies with him, he does say, he does say, when he's like, you jerk off more than anybody else on the planet. Right. Oh, he's everybody thinking of knows that. Yeah. 
And then he says, well, no, dude, not all the time. So he even admits to it. That's just, you know, it's kind of cool. Not like completely in denial about it. Sure. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've, we've nailed well, most of the, the points I wanted to make. Well, oh, um, Immaculate Conception brought in at the end just for shits and giggies. That's fun. Yeah. Um, what about the backlash Alanis Morissette got for being God in this movie? Is that God ridiculous? is a Canadian. God <laughs> is a Canadian. <laughs> Completely over the top and ridiculous. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's distracting. Actually, like I, I get like having a having. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool that he has both a man and a woman play God in this movie. To be like, gender is ridiculous. When you're talking about a deity, like that's that's cool. But like that, it's Alanis Morissette. Like, how could all you ever see is Alanis Morissette? Yeah, you're thinking it the whole time, and like she's she's mugging the entire time. It's yeah. like, come on, let's just get someone else in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. That's fair, but patchwork boxers. Well, I can't remember the last time I went first, so I'll, I'll throw it out there. You know, Here does it comes. hold up? You know how I feel. Um, I I did not dislike it as much as I I did when I first saw it. That's you know part of growing up. Uh, and there, I'm going to tell you, there are some fun moments. This shit demon's funny, and I'll give. Kevin Smith credit not no one was like this is the type of film you'd see like maybe Monty Python doing in the 70s or something but in the 90s no one was going to set set a toe into this this type of water at all so I'll, I'll applaud him for that effort um and Jay and Silent Bob are fucking funny in it I think this is the funniest uh the pair are in any of the USQ movies in, in my opinion literally half-baked theology here I got a lot of issues with just the disregard for a lot of the the tenets and facts of of, of this religion <laughs> and and i gotta tell you um this is the kind of movie for me it's it's just what happens when you give mediocre maybe even a little bit more than mediocre talent just a blank check to do whatever he wants to you get a movie that's you know not that funny uh but it looks great swell shot great actors everyone's on board so it's hard to like turn away from it because you've got great performances coming from you know, some of your favorite people but the script isn't good in my opinion and uh, it's just not there i'm not offended by it at all uh i, I don't think it uh deserves any of the backlash it got from um from anyone back in the day it's it's different it's trying something new and, and ultimately it's a positive film it's pro-faith uh, there's nothing ugly or negative about what it's trying to say for the most part, but it's just not that good. And it doesn't hold up in my opinion. And Kevin Smith joined a bunch of protesters protesting his own movie, which was on the TV news locally in New Jersey, which is hilarious. So funny. Yep. Uh, uh, Mike, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Uh, I'll go next. Uh, okay. Oh, thumbs down from Derek Fern. Disappointing. Uh, this is a film, mm. which is true. And Off to a good start. Keep going. It has things to say. <laughs> it's still funny. There's a lot of funny stuff. I am definitely not a religious person of any. I mean, I got some Jewish stuff in me, but, you know, Jewish is more like a cultural identity. It doesn't have to necessarily be so religious, although it certainly is. Uh, I don't think that the blowback... I don't think maybe we did a good enough job of kind of expressing how bad it was because we forgot, because we're not there anymore. You know, uh, there was a lot, you know, the bombings of uh, 
abortion clinics in the 90s and stuff those were real things that happened so and you know that, that was i remember specific events during the 90s when that stuff went down and it probably continued in the early 2000s but i have to check the factual timeline to verify that so the risk here in having somebody who works at an abortion clinic who ends up being like the most important religious figure in terms of humanity um, i find that to be pretty cool because she still goes to church she's a catholic and you know, the tithings from her come from an abortion clinic which is that's funny to me i think that is funny because life's like that and religious humor will always be funny to me because i think it's taken too seriously and uh, i think religion is just really kind of a you know man-made stuff and human-made stuff is just over the top and there's spiritual spirituality out there and it's a bond that surrounds us it's within us uh, there's shit we'll never know about because our human brains can't understand it and i don't know what it is that's the thing though i don't pretend to try to solve it i can't know it and uh, much as i would like to uh, it's just not something that's going to happen so this is just comedy and it's got issues that we've already covered it's funny enough where i i also am entertained beyond the comedy i'm just like i like the interactions here you ripped on the script here eric but i like the dialogue of the script uh, in a lot of the conversations, not all of it, but there's an, a lot of it. Like Travis said, the Loki and Bartleby exchanges are great when they're all on the train and they're just, they don't know that that's the thing too. They don't even know that they're against each other at that time because they're all having fun together, smoking weed and with Bartleby and Loki and doing shots with Bethany and Bartleby, just hanging out, having a great time. And then they find out all of a sudden they're on these sides and it just changes everything. And I actually think that's pretty clever. I think that's what, that's what makes this movie hold up to me is the fact that you are, think you know one thing and you're so convinced of it, but if you don't actually know, you could probably be different or you could take a different tact or have an entirely different conviction without knowing it. So I I think this movie holds up because it's entertaining, fun, has some clever points, certainly has some disappointing points, but it's enough for me that I'll say it holds up. All right. So it's on me. <gasps> oh, all the power. Oh. <laughs> um. So I, I, I like I've outlined some flaws. I'd like to kind of like harp on some more of that, I guess. Like um, again, like I struggle to watch a film where a protagonist is questioning their belief in God, even though they go to church every Sunday and and here they are being visited by the burning bush. They got apostles falling from the sky. They got demons coming into their life. They got all this shit, like everything but the big man himself being like, hi, I'm God, showing up in front of him. And still she's like, <laughs> literally like she's like at one point, like half of the scene that you're talking about, an hour into the film when the protagonist and antagonist finally meet, she's like, to hell with them about God. Like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> you're you're working for God right now. Aren't you on a crusade? Um, and then you got Bartleby, for instance, again, like, I don't know. Uh, an eternity of being this angel and then like he gets off the train and and as much as I, I was talking about it earlier how i love that scene where he has that confrontation with loki but like why are you just now getting jealous of humanity friend like what why is this just occurring to you that all of a sudden you're not the the most favored like you should have come to terms with this sometime before adam and eve even you know um so like i feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies in this script i feel like a lot of it a lot of what's happening is you know it's it's not like you're talking about continuation and how important that is to you. That's important to me too. And, um, and, and like, as is like 
staying within the logic of your film. And I don't know that that's always happening, you know, in this movie. I feel like he just kind of does whatever he wants to make the point that he wants to make, but that the points are often kind of angsty and juvenile. Like these aren't real critiques of religion so much as they're like, eh, mommy and daddy pissed me off when they made me go to church growing up. <laughs> it's kind of the feeling I got from it, but it is a, um, an important film uh, for this filmmaker, this was this was the you know this was a, a crucial step in his filmmaking. Um, as much as I love a lot of his earlier stuff, I, I I really think highly of Red State. I think highly of Tusk. I think highly of of some of his later work. And he wasn't going to get there without at some point trying to like mash the Viewaskew universe together with like larger points that he wanted to make. Because it wasn't until after this movie he was finally like. All right, I I gotta like set down Jay and Silent Bob for at least one movie and just tell a story that's that's Jersey Girl, which again is I don't think is actually that bad to be honest, but I really don't. It's not great, but I don't think it's as I don't think it deserves the uh, the the hate that it gets. It's no Gili. Let's get let's say that. Anyways, back to Dogma. Um, I will say that without much enthusiasm, this film does hold up. Um, yeah, it does hold up. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh a ton. Um, but this is still an inventive and, uh, unique movie with, uh, that's very much of its time. And I wouldn't, I personally couldn't like watch it every year or anything like that. It would just completely lose all luster, but it was, it was decent going back to watch it again. If it's been 22 years or whatever, since you've watched it, it it's worth checking out again. It holds up 22 years. There it is. What have you done with your 22 years, huh? Nothing. Watch, watch some other <laughs> Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, at least we got movies out of this. That'll always be the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so. yeah. Movies. I love movies. You got movies. Skinny calf, the side order of uh, onion rings. Thanks. All right, so there it is. Dogma. Interesting conversation. Uh, some you know, controversy, some disappointments, some laughs. Either way, that's how the cookie crumbles here on the Cinema mm. 9 podcast. We... Mmm, side of milk, a little bit of a couple of cookies. <laughs> Don't forget that uh, Cinema 9 Pod, ProtonMail.com is our email, and you can connect with all of our social media platforms. You know all of them. We don't need to relay them to you. I feel like I can tell you we're on social media, and you'll know what that means. I think that's enough. And, you of course, five, yeah, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Five stars. Woohoo! It just makes the show better, and it makes us feel more connected with society. There it is. One society on the road. All right, society, Eric society, Bra society. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> Eric Bradstrom, <laughs> uh, your, uh, your wife, Angela, will be on the show next True. week. Uh, what does she have in store for us? <laughs> well, you know, talking about uh, life's coincidences and the divine nature of things, I've got one for you. I don't think she – it's not a Kevin Smith movie. And I don't think she knew that we were doing Dogma this week, but get this. So we are going back to 1997, and it's going to give us a chance to talk about a filmmaker that I don't think we've discussed at length on the program, Danny Boyle. Uh, it's a 1997 British romantic oh black comedy God. that kind of flew under the radar. The plot is literally two angels are sent to Earth to help uh, a couple try to fall in love. Life less ordinary. 
We already know Mike doesn't like this movie. <laughs> he yeah, you remember it. earlier you, on the show. Yeah, you, you remember you that. Had, yeah, we had very, very venomous things to say about this movie. Um, so we'll see if you feel that way on this view. Yeah, I've never seen. No, it was movie. like at least six months ago, I think. So you've never well, seen it. Like that. No. Oh, all right. Well, I had no idea there was angels in it. I thought it was like, uh, yeah, Delroy. We know. Yeah, Delroy. So that's something. Well, we're doing more angel comedies, more heavenly comedies. <laughs> heavenly Jersey comedy. Girl is 50 minutes too long, by the way. Yeah, uh, we've, we've all been a privy to uh, the slow education of Kevin Smith as a filmmaker. <laughs> yes, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a lifeless ordinary. Interesting. All right. Uh, God, I can't remember who was in that movie. Besides uh, Del Lindo and Holly you, Hunter. I remember you that. Ewan McGregor and... Dan Hedaya, Ian Holm. Cameron Who's the woman? Diaz? Yeah, Cameron is it Diaz? Cameron Diaz? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we haven't we haven't revisited oh, yeah. Angela Perry in a while. That's that makes me happy. I mean, we, we <laughs> love her so much in Vanilla Sky. She was the only thing any of us liked in that thing. movie. <laughs> so it'll be nice to talk about her again. Hopefully, Citizen Dildo. Citizen Dildo, I should say. Correct. All right, a life less ordinary next week. Right. Delroy Lindo, Holly Hunter, Cameron Diaz, Ewan McGregor, and we're gonna Somewhere. have fun with Angela. Looking forward to having Angela Nothing. on the show again. Somewhere. And uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll learn something from her, I think. We'll learn something Maybe. from you, Angela. Hope, make sure you have, Angela, your quarantine viewing picks ready to go because we probably oh, yeah. want to know what they are. A lot of murder she wrote. A lot of murder she wrote. That is oh. not. Those are TV shows. Those TV do not count, oh, okay. Angela. We'll make sure that's clear. Uh, oh, fuck it, kidding me. All right. All what right. Are we talking about? Just, got, just got a breaking news. Dumb shit for me. Not important in society, but just a minor inconvenience for myself. Who cares? The show's over. Cinema 9 Pod. Uh, until next week with Angela Branstrom live and uncensored. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.